So, great big good morning. Great to have you folks joining us, whether you're joining us live or online, archived, any day of the week, any place in the world. It's great to have you here as part of this wonderful congregation here at New Church Live. Before we get going on this very special service, we have a number of things we want to put out there that folks can get involved in. And one is actually this afternoon. Super simple. What we're going to do this afternoon is we're going to have a fall planning event at 12 noon. You're welcome to join online. And, and the point of this event is not to have some big strategic planning retreat. It's nothing like that. It's about us getting together and hearing some ideas. What are your ideas you might have around a kids program? We're looking to reboot our kids program online in the fall. What are ideas you might have around service opportunities or small groups or sermon series? It's just a simple way to meet, eat lunch together online, and just have a good conversation. So you're more than welcome to do that. If that interests you, you may email me at chuck.blair at New Church Live TV, or you can text me at 215-740-3662, and I will shoot you the Zoom link. So with that, folks, it is wonderful to have you here. And, and part of, part of our, our, what we're starting to get ready for is a big fall series. And the fall series is called A Better Adventure because I'm not particularly happy with the adventure we're currently on, just, just for the record. And, and I, would, there's, I think there's better adventures out there. And I think we need to remind ourselves, like literally get our minds around that there are better adventures, right? And how do we have those? And, and we're gonna talk about that and we're gonna do small groups on that so you have a chance to meet with other people. And we get people from all over the country as part of these groups to just talk about what is a better adventure for you? And with that, I introduce my partner in crime, Angela. Good morning. Welcome to New Church Live. I'm Angela, and I am behind the scenes helping plug people in. And Chuck's right, we're in the middle of kind of planning for our fall. And one of the best ways to get involved here at New Church Live is to start or join a small group. And we've had a really great turnout the last handful of months, um, especially during COVID, of people joining online groups. Um, and we want to offer that opportunity to anyone, anyone who's watching this service anytime to think about starting a small group. And I know that feels really scary. I've done it myself and I get a little nervous every time I do it, but it's always easier than I think. And what we wanna do is provide a training for you to think about joining a small group or starting a small group. Um, and the thing about starting a small group is it's really super simple. I think people make it really complicated, but it's really picking a time and inviting your friends. You're, you're, the people you're most comfortable with to carve out a space once a week for four weeks to just get together and talk about the Sunday message. And the secret is you don't have to talk about the Sunday message. You could just get together with your friends and connect. It's a really great opportunity to just carve out that time. And so we wanna provide a training for you and it's gonna be on September 8th online and we're going to give you some tools and tips and we'll go over the program that we're running. But like I said, it's really just carving out the time and inviting your friends. So you can really go rogue and do whatever you want, but we want to support you in creating that small group program. We'll even have some tips for Zoom and how to navigate that. I know sometimes I feel really clunky on that platform. Um, so I would encourage anybody who's got that like small inkling of wanting to start a group to join. There's no pressure to come to that training 
you don't have to come out of that as a leader, but really it just gives you the tips and tools. So it's on September 8th at 7 p.m. online on Zoom. Um, and I would just encourage you to come check it out. Even if you just want to hear about the small group program and how it will look, um, you can just come and observe and there's no pressure to actually start a group, but we would encourage you to do so if you get inspired. So um, you'll be hearing more about this. If you have any questions about it, you can put your information in the chat window. You can go to our website and there's a contact us form and you can fill that out and I can answer your questions. Um, and I'd be happy to plug you guys in and just support you in getting a group up and running. The last thing I wanna mention is one of the best ways to support New Church Live whenever you're watching this service, if it's now, if it's midweek, if it's you know three weeks from now, is to make a donation to support New Church Live. It really just provides the infrastructure to run all the programs, the Sunday message, all the pastoral support, all of the small group program and everything in between. Um, and all you have to do, the best way to donate is to text and donate online. Um, so you can text the word New Church Live, all one word, all lowercase to 77977, or you can go to our website and there's a donate button there and you can set up a reoccurring donation or you can just make a one-time donation and really it truly matters and the amount is not important. It's just that people commit to supporting New Church Live financially. So if you have any questions, again, you can put your information in the chat window or you can fill out the contact us form on the website and I will be sure to answer your questions. Happy Sunday, everyone. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. Hello from Livingston Lake, Ontario, Canada. My name is Gwenda Cowley. My husband, Michael, and I live in Toronto, but we come here when we want to get off the grid, to be back in nature, by the lake and the trees. Yep, and the bugs, because life on life's terms. It's my pleasure to welcome you all here today to New Church Live. I hope that you will find inspiration and something meaningful from the today's service. It's wonderful to be part of a community of people from all over the place. So Pastor Chuck, thanks for inviting me to be part of this today. We welcome you to today's service and may you be blessed because you came. So with that, folks, welcome to New Church Live. We're going to start with our first song. Again, wonderful to have you here, no matter where or, or how or from wherever you're joining us. It's great to have you here as part of our community. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to New Church Live. Yeah, work in progress. Boy, life is a work in progress, right? And we, we all are, are sort of, you know, stumbling our way through as, as best we can. And, and what does God give us? Well, God gives us a lot. And this is real important. He gives us each other. And he gives the ability for all of us to hear each other's stories. And to listen to them and to, and to think, what, what can I get from this? I mean, is there anything better than hearing a story? Few things are as good. And that's what we're gonna do today. So to get us set up for the story, let's all stand up, and that includes those of you at home. Get a little stretch and get ready for a great story. A little stretch. Ah, there you go. And now you can get, looks like you guys, you should have lighters up there or something. So, so you may be seated. 
It gives me great pleasure to introduce our speaker for today. So the way this happened is long, long time ago, what feels like a long time ago, Carl Park and I were sharing some stories and, and I said, Carl, you know, if you're on Bernath, and boy, there's this story, I'd love for you to say that. So Carl said, sure, I'd be glad to. And, and because there were some hard circumstances here, uh, his, his wife's beloved sister was, was in the process of passing. He came out and he was confronted with a medical emergency. They left California one way and they ended up here in Philadelphia, something very different. And that was with a cancer diagnosis. And so, so we, we put off that service and, I, and we're gonna do it today. We're gonna do it today. Carl's gonna be speaking just a little bit about his journey. And again, I just, I just know you folks will get great stuff out of this. And what we're gonna do is we're just all gonna get a big breath and just listen to a great story, a great 10-minute story on how God is at work in, as, and through us. And with that, please warmly welcome Carl Parker. Well, good morning. Thank you, Pastor Chuck. Um, Many thanks to Turner Adams for sharing that message this morning. Yeah, we all have stories. Um, I feel very blessed to have big, been given the opportunity to share my story. And um, yeah, we'll do the best we can. I lost a bunch of brain cells. Um, people who are close to me know that uh, um, I needed all that I had before uh, the brain cancer or brain surgery thing. But you know, life happens how it happens. Life on. Life's terms. So, um, yeah, Turner Adams uh, began uh, the service. Uh, he turned my world upside down. Now, feet won't touch the ground, but I'm a work in progress. Search for the real me. I don't know about you, but that message fits a lot of my life. We're all works in progress. So last week, Pastor Chuck started looking at the idea of life on life's terms. And he started out by giving us a taste of heaven. Now this week, I get to talk about some of the not-so-fun, challenging, crazy-making, and often painful experiences we have as we engage in this process. Two weeks ago, Pastor Curtis, you might remember this, he talked about the valley of disappointment. It's freaking hard to find ourselves there, but sometimes we do, or those around us, those we love. And what then? Well, going back to Pastor Chuck, maybe you remember him sharing a quote that has everything to do with accepting life on life's terms. What truth do we discover? That God comes to us disguised as our life. My understanding of God has evolved to this. God, as I understand God, shows up in and as and through people. Yeah, ideas about God also show up in my head as I look up at the Milky Way at night. And yeah, I've had a sense of God's presence when I do some prayer and meditation. But you know, most of my sense of God's presence lies in the interaction between people. God, as I understand God, shows up in 
and as and through people. Perhaps a story from my life will help explain this. In 2017, I went to a funeral in Santa Rosa, California. It was the funeral for a friend's father. On the way in, I noticed outside the church, missing from a statue, the hands of Jesus. It was shocking to see. Afterwards, I learned that the priest, who was the pastor, had decided to keep the statue despite the vandalism. And he had these words printed on the base. We are his hands. I was told that this message was inspired by Teresa of Avila, who lived 1515 to 1582. And she said this, Christ has no body now but yours. No hands, no feet on earth, but yours. Yours are the eyes through which he looks with compassion on the world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands through which he blesses all the world. Yours are the hands, yours are the feet, yours are the eyes. You are his body. Christ has no body now on earth but yours. But, but wait a second. Is there any scripture to back up this woman's view? I think so. Here's a couple of scriptures. Here's one from the first book of Corinthians, chapter 12, verse 27. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Each one should use whatever gift she or he has received to serve others faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. From the first book of Peter, chapter 4, verse 10. And finally, something that Jesus said and was recorded by John in chapter 13, verse 35. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Well, following up on what Pastor Chuck told us, the gifts are that we have good work to do that is so much more important than ourselves. So to talk about that a bit, I want to share with you uh, a bit about my call to service in the United Methodist Church. I was encouraged by a pastor of the church that my wife and I were attending to apply for a position despite the fact that I was a recovering alcoholic for seven years. My foundation of New Church and Swedenborgian faith was a big part of me, but it had been rejected by John Wesley, the founder of Methodism. And I lacked credentials, experience, etc. But then again, the church was dying. It was literally down to a dozen little old ladies, which stirred in me a willingness to let go and let God. So one weekend, I went north to the lost coast on the Pacific Ocean of Northern California, and I prayed on a rock from morning till night for a couple of days. And this message came to me. God 
doesn't just prepare the equipped. God often equips the unprepared. So I decided to let go, let God show up in and as and through me in a new way. Three of the first people who got involved as new members of the little old lady church were Rick, Woody, and Becky. Rick, after a wonderful transformative year in which he was baptized and served the church, he died by overdose. It was incredibly heartbreaking, and part of me wanted to quit. Becky, a vocalist who joined the church and the music team, three days after Rick's death, she nearly died of overdose. I helped save her life administering CPR while waiting for the ambulance. And part of me just wanted to quit. I'm happy to report that today, Becky is alive, happy, healthy, and enjoying a meaningful life. And then there was this guy, Woody, who was baptized Woodrow Israel Howard. He lived most of his life in Oakland, California. He grew up in a Baptist church. He spent most of his adult life in and out of San Quentin prison. He was often homeless. I met him in a park during my first meeting with a new music director. Woody rode up on an old three-speed, dressed in a three-piece suit. He wanted to make a new start using gospel music that he wrote and sang. So he started showing up on Sundays. That was good, but he was still doing drugs the rest of the week. Then he got arrested, having violated his parole. I visited him at the county jail before his transfer to San Quentin for three months. I told him he needed to let God work in his life. And he said back to me, "Uh, be sure to call my sister Pat. Not knowing what else to do, I did call his sister Pat. And she said to me, thanks for calling. I'm happy he has you in his life. Please tell him that we're done with him. We won't be sending cards, mail, visits, money, or gifts. We are done with him. Hmm. I wondered, could our small congregation of little old ladies help this man? Well, they sent lots of cards. I sent weekly sermons. We sent a little money, and we wondered, could God show up working in and as and through us? The answer was yes. When he got out of prison, Woody played music every week in church and often outside church. He accompanied me on home and hospital visits to cheer up people, and one year, He brought his guitar along to the annual Methodist Conference in Sacramento as a representative of the congregation. In December 2010, Woody's health was failing, but he insisted on singing one of the very best songs he ever wrote, Looking for a Miracle. And that actually is available online. 
figure out how to share that for anyone who wants to, to hear it. So it was for Woody as much of a prayer, a prayer-filled miracle as for anyone else. Woody was indeed looking for a miracle in his own life. And you can kind of see that a lot was getting stirred within me and members of the congregation. So a couple of days ago, the music director, Mike Heinz, he sent me the lyrics from his file. And verse 1 was especially meaningful for his own family with Sister Mary. Somewhere in the darkness, there's a light shining bright. Prayers going up for a healing tonight. A mother is praying for her child to come home. Some pray for healing in their mind, heart, and bones. Looking for a miracle. Hoping for a miracle. Waiting for a miracle. Because we know it's true what God can do. Early on, his sister Pat saw that something important had changed in critical ways. His mother came around a little more slowly. But for a long time, Sister Mary, a Baptist deacon, she would not believe and kept holding Woody at arm's length. But in 2010, four years later, just a couple of weeks after that song was sang in church, Sister Mary finally, finally invited Woody to her big family Christmas dinner. She asked Woody to bless the meal with the Thanksgiving prayer. We both cried when he came back home and told me God was on the job the whole time. But did God just show up in and as and through that one life and the specific people who were helping? I say no. Just one story I'll share with you to illustrate. One night, a young woman showed up at the church, desperate for help. She was a single mom. She had four kids from three dads, all of whom were gone. Her power in her home had been shut off. She'd owed PG&E over $3,000. Her children had been taken away by Child Protection Services because they were not living in a safe situation. Desperate. I tried to find some help. I tried calling the county government. I tried calling the state government. I tried calling social services. Nothing. So, desperate, I put a, a GoFundMe post on Facebook using this photo. And I wrote, need a little help? Actually, a lot of help from my friends. 24 hours later, over $3,500 had come in from people all over, not just people associated with the church who could not have filled that, that purse. The next day, we went over and paid the bill with cash, and we begged PG&E to make a special effort to reconnect the power. It worked, and Jennifer was able to come home. The church got behind the mom, and her family. They were not members, but they felt the loving support of the folks there. People got a tree, lights, food, and gifts. God, as I understand God, showed up in and as and through 
all those people. So circling back to where we started this morning, as Pastor Chuck shared, God comes to us disguised as our life and brings faith home. So I ask you to think of that as you hear Turner Adams saying, tomorrow may bring uncertainty, but still, I have to go. Again, thank you, Turner. Someone this morning, a friend on Facebook, just uh, wrote a little thing saying, well, if you're going to have a, a memorial service, what song would you like? And I wrote some stuff about that, but the main thing I said is, at the top of my list is that song. It's incredible. But now, maybe we find ourselves wondering if maybe most of that God showing up stuff is mainly for pastors and ordained people to do because well, especially as people grind along through life, they bump into this place that Curtis talked about, <laughs> the Valley of Disappointment. <clears throat> if you're thinking that even a little bit about your life, wondering how God is, you might be understanding God can be showing up in and as and through your life? Well, here are just a few quick illustrations from my own life and my wife's. In 2015, due to um, a remodeling disaster that almost resulted in the amputation of my left arm, we had to leave the Methodist ministry to build a house. In 2015, a wildfire destroyed the home I left ministry to build, along with over 1,400 of those owned by friends and neighbors in our community. It was so incredible. It was three months after we got our final permit from the county. <clears throat> but people started showing up right away. It was hard, but it wasn't bad. God was showing up in and as and through them. The people who showed up weren't just family. Here are the Red Cross volunteers consoling my wife, herself a hospice bereavement counselor. It was way hard, but it wasn't bad. God was showing up. Here's a guy named Richard who heard that hospice, where my wife worked, had become an evacuation site and needed showers. <laughs> that was hard, but it wasn't bad. God was showing up. A bunch of strangers drove over 500 miles from LA to bring their loving animals to evacuation sites and comfort people. God, as I understand God, was showing up not just through people, but through their pets too. God showed up through young AmeriCorps staff. And I'll share just one final example. After two decades of making contributions to the United Methodist Committee on Relief that helps disasters all over the world, like in Haiti right now, 
And then for nine years, encouraging members of my congregations to do that for others, I wound up on the receiving end. God showed up in and as and through churches and their people. So amazing. For my wife and me, and for countless others like us, I believe, these were powerful experiences reminding us of God on the job, working in and as and through a host of people, acting in ways that Pastor Chuck described last, work, last week. Sometimes the ways are pretty huge, like helping someone to buy a house after a hurricane. But sometimes they are as small as sharing a hug or kind words in person or on Facebook. But in my opinion, they're all about God working through people. People like you, people like me, people in the world. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Carl. It was beautiful. What we're going to do now, folks, is, is first off, Carl, I want to say thank you very much. Thank that you. That was beautiful. Thank really you. Really well said. And what we're going to do now is we're going to transition over, and I'm going to be putting Carl in the hot seat here, grilling him with questions. Just we're going to talk a little bit, have a little short conversation over here, and then we're going to close the service. So, Carl, you want to join me over here? I do. The hot seat. The hot seat. <laughs> <laughs> this should be fun. It's all good. <clears throat> it's it's all good. It's all good. So, uh, you know, Carl. First off, those those were there were a number of things. One of the ones was in as and through, and you know what gets in the way of all that is if we believe everything's being done to us, mm -hmm. right? Yes. You know, like that doesn't work. In, as, and through doesn't work when we all see things being done to us. And, and it strikes me when we really get into that message that you're talking about, what in the new church we would call the grand person, the grand humanity, that there's just a huge place for gratitude, mm -hmm. right? Yes. Where, where all we can do is kneel and kiss the ground, as the famous poet set, put it. And, and I know you have a lot of people who you're really grateful for, you know, mm -hmm. who you felt have just helped you and have stepped up for you and your wonderful wife, you know, in this time it's been really hard. And, and just with this experience like that you've been going through over the past six weeks or so, like how's gratitude shown up for you? <laughs> uh, we're going to be here for a while. <laughs> but, but, you know, one small example, so you've already... Uh, told a bit, and I've already mentioned a bit, and if you read anything I write on Facebook. So uh, my wife Linda and I, we thought we were coming here to take care of her sister Peb's last days or weeks on this earth. Turned out to be last days. And it was shocking in the middle of that experience with all these people coming into Peb's home and sharing love with Peb, with family members, with each other to suddenly be taken out of that equation four days after we left, you know, with a, a brain seizure. <laughs> they wound up 11 days in the hospital, having doctor, you know, 
the entire, so, so there are parts about that that are, oh man, this is really bad. Why is this happening? Eh, all that stuff. But another part of me was, was in the Abington Hospital. And people just showing up in my room, nurses and doctors and technicians and people cleaning the room and taking out trash and everything. My heart was just filled with gratitude. You can go back and read stuff that I wrote on Facebook. I wasn't writing about, oh, my life is a total mess. I don't know why God's doing this to me. I, I do have some questions about him. <laughs> but God, as I understand God, he works in and as and through people. So all these people were coming in. What was really interesting to me, and I wanted to express that to the nurses, the nurses especially, oh my gosh, they were just like incredible. Okay, when I was in ICU after the surgery, <clears throat> they were a little too concerned, in my opinion, about they were coming in every half hour, 45 minutes, and doing my blood pressure, and you know, checking out, putting new needles in, all this stuff. But, but mostly I was just thanking them for taking care of me. And, and, and the nurses would come in on whatever you know, free time they had, and they'd say, oh, we'd just like to talk to you a little bit. And, and one of the things they told me is, wow, it's so nice to come into a hospital room and help a, a patient and, and have people say how great we are. Mm -hmm. Most of the time we're coming into rooms and people are complaining because we didn't come fast enough when we pressed the, the button and everything. I'm just sitting there, holy cow, you know? Like that's a way we could maybe make a difference in the world. Because yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. you sure make a difference in all of our lives. So that's just one little example. Oh, that's so beautifully <clears throat> said. And, and, and a last piece, Carl, you know, when, when you think about life, right? I, I love, Rachel Naomi Remen talks about threshold moments. And I, I love that idea, threshold moments. So we, we hit times in our life where a whole lot less matters, but what matters matters a whole lot more. Mm -hmm. You know, kind of like condenses it to like, oh, wow, this, this is life, like right here. This is it. And if you were to, if you were to share with us a quick, like, last thought, like, hey, this is, this is what I've really come to know with a capital K, not think or have an opinion on, but like, this is what I've come to really know. If I was to write a really true sentence, it would have this in it. How would you, how would you, how would you phrase that? I lost a bunch of brain cells, so I can't pack all that into yeah, yeah. one sentence. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh my gosh. Um, can I tell you a little story instead of yes, one sentence? Yes, of course. Okay, so I'm lying in the hospital room, right? People are coming in and out and all that. Um, but on the afternoon before the brain surgery, this person that I've never met before and who isn't wearing like a doctor gown or anything, he's just dressed in a suit with a tie, and he comes in and he says, Hi, my name is Michael Lamole. I, I, I'm a brain surgeon. <laughs> I'm saying, wow. And he told me that he had received a call from two people, Reed Osplund and somebody else, my brain. And, uh, and I just wanted to check in on you, see how you're doing. And so we talked a little bit, mostly not about medical stuff, but at the very end he said, so I just want to tell you one important thing. You're going to have a surgery tomorrow morning from a doctor named Dr. Lasky. If I had what you have going on right now in your head, that's the doctor that I would like to see. And all of a sudden it was just like... And then the next morning, just, you know, in case uh, there was anything wrong with my head, you know, he, he came back. You know, they're sticking stuff in me, and, and you know, and, uh, and he says, oh, I just wanted to stop by and check in on you. You're about to go into surgery, and I just want to reassure you, you are in the best hands that you can be in. 
So not one little sentence, but you get the idea. I, I mean, it was huge. Yeah. God shows up in and as and through people. Carl, that's beautiful. Please thank Carl with me. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. Beautiful. And, and I, you know, and, and you think about that idea of, of you know, God showing up and, and just that idea of, of that we are all in good hands. We're all in good hands. I, I, I think about this with life. You know, life is so much like this improv. And, and, the, and the trick to improv is yes and, not no but. In other words, improv works. For those of you who've ever seen an improv theater, somebody does something and then they just play off of it. They keep on playing their part. It's always based on accepting the premise and moving on to the next thing. No one in improv ever goes, well, that doesn't work. That's not how it happened. That yes and, incredibly important. And how do we practice that yes and moving forward? How do we practice in very targeted ways the way Carl talks about here today? Like meeting life's on life's terms, like for the challenges, like life is filled with challenges. How do I, how do we meet life on life's terms? We go yes, for whatever that yes means. And sometimes I wanna be clear, it's a hard yes. And what's possible today? Yes, and what is possible today? That's our job, friends. That's what we're to do. And of, of course, we're gonna be filled with fear and worry and concern. Fear is part of the journey. But I love this, this phrase that, that Kate Bowler said yesterday as I was doing some more prep for this. Kate Bowler had this wonderful line. She said, you know, allow fear some space in your life. And this is what, what the caveat was. She said, allow enough fear in your life to expose what you love. Allow enough fear to expose what you love. Because we love a lot. We're based on a God of love. We're based on a simple definition of God from the New Testament, that God is love. You wanna know what that love looked like? That's what Christianity's all about. And our job is to take that forward. The yes and. Knowing life is hard and challenging and blessed and broken. And being able to say yes. And today, this, this is what is possible. Amen. What we're gonna do now, folks, to close the service is I'm gonna say a prayer. Then we're gonna offer the Our Father prayer. And then we'll have just a, just a little bit of quiet reflection as we get ready for our last song, Learning How to Be Alive in the World. So please join me in prayer. Lord, thank you for your presence here among us today. Thank you for the ability we have to share stories and to hear stories and to be moved by stories. Thank you for Carl. Thank you for his amazing wife, Thank you for his amazing sister and brother-in-law who have taken him in with such open arms. Thank you for all those who have supported him and supported community in all its ways through these days that can feel so hard. Lord, be with us. Help us to understand that we are to open to allow you to move through us. Bless our ways, Lord. 
your prayer. Our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so upon the earth. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and bring you peace and bring you home, alive, alive in the world. Amen.